In our first podcast, we speak with Grant Thomas. He played 72 games for St Kilda, coached the club from 2001 to 2006, has written for The Age, appeared on SEN and was part of the footy classified panel. He talks with the panel about what the Saints need to do to win a premiership. A uh, special guest today, former St Kilda player, former St Kilda coach, Grant Thomas. Uh, Good afternoon, Grant. Good afternoon, guys. How are we all? And uh, I'll throw to... uh, Long-standing St Kilda supporter, John, to uh, ask the first question. Hello, Grant. How are you going? Good, John. Good, Grant. Look, uh, thanks for coming on the show. Uh, as Mark said, I'm a long supporter, long-suffering supporter, um, previous aspirant to the board uh, myself. And uh, we just want to talk about your, your recent uh, comments, which I must say I certainly support, um, which emanated from your trying to get a, uh, who would appear to be a, a fairly worthy chap to come onto the St Kilda board. And, of course, the media have done what the media normally do, uh, grabbed it like a rag doll and thrown it around, and there hasn't been much light generated, uh, a lot of heat generated. But i, I just like to ask you, as a former um, player, former coach, respected in both those areas, uh, and since what, what do you see uh, as the problems on field at St Kilda at the moment? off-field on St Kilda at the moment, and uh, I'm sure you do have some suggestions uh, for how we can uh, fix up both situations. That's a really Andy Mark question we've got there. That went for three minutes. Oh, yeah. Longer than some of my efforts, too. How, how, how long have I got? Um, <laughs> <laughs> as long as you want. Okay, well, um, I'll start with the on-field because they're the effects, right? And we'll get to what the real cusp of the matter is, and that's the cause, and that's the leadership, that's off-field. So uh, on-field, I think we've got a reasonable group of players that are capable of getting to sixth in a really good year, um, uh, getting into finals in a a good year, eighth. Uh, in an average year, just missing out, in a, in a poor year, finishing as low as 12th or 14th. That's what I see of our list. So everything has to go exactly right for us. I think we've uh, recruited really poorly. Uh, uh, the wrong players with the wrong mentality and mindset. And we've um, made some really poor decisions. And uh, I'll, I'll cite one of those. Um, is uh, Jaron Geary is the captain. Love him. Um, you go to war with him, you want him next to you in the trench. He's a, rat, a ripper in that regard. But um, to give him another year is just um, madness. I mean, um, St Kilda aren't going to win the premiership next year, so let's be honest about that. That's the first thing. And all Gears is going to do is hold up a spot. And uh, all I hear is, yeah, but there's such a gap in our leadership at the club. Um, we need him. Well. If you haven't got it after 10 years of Gears being there, you're not going to get it after 11. So um, Gears can't obviously empower or develop leadership within the group if that's if there's a big gap. And if we're depending on here on him, heaven help us. Apart from the fact he gives an almighty crack whenever he plays, and I think we've seen his last uh, couple of years, he's, he's just short of what's required, I think. That's, that's what I think. So I'd be tapping him on the shoulder and saying, love you, thank you. Um, move on. Um, but that's just one example of these decisions that St Kilda make for whatever reason, I don't know, but we just make them all the time. We make emotional based decisions. So uh, on field, our list is okay, 
but I cannot see anything um, uh, uh, looking towards short-term success um, uh, from that group. And there needs to be some dramatic, more dramatic changes. Uh, just getting rid of Loney just isn't, it didn't do it for me. I think the club's in a position where they need to have some shock treatment. Um, they need to uh, uh, understand that they're in the AFL premiership business and not the AFL playing the game business. And uh, there's a big, big difference in those two mentalities. And I think we need a bit of shock treatment to recharge everyone, uh, reunite everyone, connect everyone and go on a rampage to do what the Bulldogs have done and to do what Melbourne has done, gone past us. And um, uh, so it's achievable, but it's damn difficult. Uh, uh, but it's very achievable and can happen in a very short time. Uh, that's on field, off field. Uh, our culture has been uh, a real problem over the whole journey. I think we nearly got it right uh, for a decade. Um, and um, uh, then when Ross left, it sort of uh, all petered out to, uh, to nothing for, for the last decade. And that's just not good enough. And uh, I think the incumbents, um, uh, Matt Finnis is a lovely man and he's done, some would say, a reasonably good job, but he's not going to take us where we need to go to. And he's overseen the worst debt in the AFL of $13, $14 million. Uh, and that's with significant extra handouts from the AFL, which we're concerned about how we got those, but that's another story. And so uh, and another employee might be linked to that. Um, and, Community uh, radio, open up, open up. Uh, <laughs> and um, uh, he's seen three, three or so coaches uh, and he's seen a performance of one final special in a decade. Uh, so whilst our community work is good and the Danny Frawley Centre and all those other fantastic community initiatives are there, but that's not what we're there for. We're there to win premierships. We've won one by one point in 150 years and we need to get in the game. Uh, and uh, so that's one. Uh, Simon Lethlings, everyone tells me he's a talented person, talented football person, where well, he needs to bunker down and 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 uh, focus on football and stop trying to uh, focus on uh, potentially trying to uh, take over the CEO role. You've got Matt Finnis looking over his shoulder, worried about losing it. You've got Lethlean after it. Um, not a healthy environment, I don't think. Um, uh, the president, Andrew Bassett's a, a lovely guy, intelligent, done well in business, but I just think uh, uh, there's a bit of a mushroom effect there. Uh, he's just fed. He doesn't know enough about premierships and football, and because of that, he's fed what he's fed, and he believes it. And and because of that, he's making his decisions based, in my opinion, on false information. Um, so um, he might get there. Uh, I hope he stays there because we want to have solidarity from, from him. But he has been there. Let's remember this is his sixth year. He had two years as a director and, he, uh, and this will be his fourth year as president. So he's been there a fair time. So uh, the movement the year in 2022 would need to be, I would think. And um, uh, that then peters down to some of the other bizarre decisions around our list manager uh, and how that ever came about um, around uh, David Rath, who's uh, head of... Head of uh, um, um, uh, fit, uh, well, not so much fitness. Strength and conditioning. No, he's not even head of that. He's uh, David Rath's head of, head of um, um, strategy, if you like. You know, so he's there to ensure he's head of the program. 
and and so he's the right-hand person and the coach seemingly reports to him now david rath is a is a, a minutia person he loves information and data and um, he's evidently very good at that as he provided that role in support for Alistair Clarkson, which worked very well. But Clarko took the information and he coached. Um, you've got uh, Brett Ratton, who's a lovely guy, been around a fair time, but uh, Rats is also a very technical strategy, um, uh, tactics um, sort of person. And to me, that's great. But when you've got two people like that, we're missing out on that sort of, that sort of Neil Baum, uh, what he did with Richmond, that sort of Choco Williams, what he did with Melbourne, that person who understands what people are about and is able to connect them and, and to bring them along uh, uh, with the spirit of morale and, the, and, and, and uh, sell a dream to them and take them on that journey and help them to get there <coughs> by making sure that the culture and the environment is absolutely perfect. And I think we've got a gap there. And um, that's uh, probably the biggest point that... Uh, Andrew and I have disagreed on. Uh, well, we don't disagree. He agrees with me, but he thinks he can fix it another way, which uh, I have grave concerns about that. So uh, our leadership, culture, environment um, uh, uh, issues off-field uh, are of uh, concern to me. I know the um, Dean um, Anderson has been on the board for, I don't know, seemingly a decade. Yes. Uh, and... Um, He's in charge of footy. Well, <laughs> um, <laughs> and he's up for re-election this year. Like, um, I know Jason Blake's gone on there. Love Neil, coached him, um, uh, copped a lot of ridicule for putting him in the ruck. I think it made his career. I think he did a super job for us because we didn't have any. And um, a lot of people have tried to do similar things since, but uh, I don't think Neil's got anywhere near the experience required to... Uh, um, uh, lead the football direction of, of, of an AFL club uh, with greatest respect to him. I think he's still learning and he's uh, not long out of the game and he's got a, a few more things to do rather than, than the current experience in engineering or whatever he's been doing recently. Um, Grant, yeah. can I just uh, stop you there? There's a, a lot to unpack there, but can I just take it back to your comment about uh, shock treatment? Um, St Kilda's quite possibly the most unsuccessful sporting club in the world. Uh, 150th year next year, one premiership, um, no other club would put up with the mediocrity that we clearly put up with. And, and as you say, we're not playing for premierships. Uh, if we get fifth next year, the, the, the directors will be jumping on the beds. They'll think this is a fantastic year. This is good enough. The other thing is, I, I think the club's insolvent. Um, now, shock treatment are the words that resonate with me. Um, if you're looking at shock treatment, what, 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 where would you start? Does it start with the players? Does it start with the board? Where does it start? Well, it's a leadership issue. Strong leaders make strong decisions. You know, um, if you can't cut the mustard, if you're trying to appease everyone and you're trying to be liked, um, you'll make those decisions, like Jaron Geary. But if you are a strong leader that uh, demands levels of engagement, and anything less than that is unacceptable. Sometimes you've got to let people go. I mean, you know, we had to let Peter Everett go. Um, there was two or three others uh, back in the day. Um, as much as anything, they were, they were statements as well of um, non-conformity and uh, what's required to change an environment and a culture. So unfortunately, there needs to be sacrificial lambs for that to happen sometimes. You cannot keep the same incumbents in place that have got us in the position we're in and 
hope that they're going to get us out of the position that we've been in for 10 years. I mean, that's someone said that was insanity once, um, and I tend to agree. You, you have to make changes. And that's no disrespect to them. Probably only operated as well as they could have in the circumstances that, that were in front of them. But um, Andrew's been there for five years, and for him to indicate that, uh, look, he can see some green shoots coming from them and some improvement and some everything else, well, um, you know, I'm 63. Uh, I don't know how much longer I've got, but, uh, you know, <laughs> I haven't got that long to wait around for. We've waited too long. It's been 55-odd years or whatever. It's it's too long. We've got to get aggressive. We've got to have a crack. It's, Brett, uh, I was going to say, uh, Brett, I, I do the um, Paul Dalligan. I do the rugby league segment on here. Uh, my Rabbitohs seem to have a similar path and history to your St Kilda. What happened with us is Russell Crowe arrived, private ownership. But what it more comes back to is you won't be a great club until the players want to be there, that the players won't want to be there until you're a great club. With Russell Crowe coming on board, we could suddenly get the players, and you'd know you win a premiership, not yep. with your superstars, but those at the bottom of the list. We suddenly were getting players on 350 when previously we'd have to pay them half a million. And it was those sort of players, Ben Teo comes to mind, who we wouldn't have got before the buzz and excitement at the Rabbitohs that made us a club that players wanted to be at. So you, you need sort of, we've mentioned Eric Barner, which might be pie in the sky, private ownership stuff, but you sort of need something to happen to make players want to choose you over a Geelong or over a, a, a Hawthorne or even a Collingwood. Do you agree with that? The 2020 annual report of St Kilda makes interesting reading and, and uh, John, is that they're not insolvent because the AFL will support them. So, Well, yeah, but that's an interesting every, concept, Cooter. When you've got area. external help from an external party, uh, is that your own income or is that income from another third party? It, it doesn't isn't matter that, at the end of the day. Doesn't isn't, matter. That about, isn't that about half the sides in the AFL? Correct. They so, rely on uh, like North Melbourne, St Kilda, <coughs> um, Greater Western Sydney, Gold Coast. All these, all these football clubs aren't aren't solvent, John. They they just rely on the, the dividends. They rely yeah. on the dividends from the AFL. The, yeah, the goodwill. Yeah, of the, the AFL. big head honchos kind of paying them out, so they so they become subservient to them. The AFL spends thirty million a year on the Suns and the Greater Western Sydney. The, the reason the Rabbitohs were kicked out of the comp is the NRL back then. This is nineteen ninety. Uh, three, I think it was, so 1995, I think. But anyway, they elected to give some clubs 10 million and not us. And it was ultimately held to be legal. If you don't want to support Fitzroy and urge that they merge, that was held to be legal. But whether or yeah. not that's, that's, that's fair is another question, but fairness doesn't come into it. So, Grant, Grant, Grant welcome back. back. Sorry, welcome back. Welcome back, Grant. You're answering Paul's uh, question. Yeah, just to finish Paul's, Paul's question off, I mean, I, I spoke to the club exactly about that point and, and, and Andrew said, well, we're, we're not a destination club because uh, players don't want to come to St Kilda, so we're getting the, the ground fixed up and the Moorabbin fixed up and the environment fixed up and that, so we'll be a destination club. And, and I was really, really concerned about that. I mean, that to me means you're going to have a really nice place and open the door and say, come, come to our club. It's... Players don't care what their gymnasium or their facilities are like if they can't wait to get there and they love each other and they're on a mission. They don't care. Um, Richmond proved that. Um, mm. uh, well, and uh, um, so, 
you know, that, that's that's the wrong thinking. But they're spending all of this time and effort and money trying to make the, the facilities fantastic. And on the back of that, I suppose that's their platform to say, members, look at what we've done. You know, that's great. Well, that's fantastic. But, you know, to Paul's point, that's not what makes people want to be a part of you. Gildy, you have a question? Yep. Um, Grant, um, Gildy here. Two-part questions. Yep. A few of us live around the Bentley area, around Moorabbin and things like that, which I regard as St Kilda heartland. First point of the question is, do you reckon they lost a bit of their soul moving down to Seaford and just wasted all those years? And also, I would be interested to know, with your vast experience in business and football, how do you approach and get the right people to identify the right people St Kilda need to take them to a successful side? And have you got people in mind? Uh, first things first, I mean, we definitely did um, lose our soul a bit when we went to Seaford. The timing of that was just an unmitigated disaster. I mean, it was it was unconscionable uh, for that to occur when it occurred. It was uh, just ridiculous. Uh, there was Over no a couple of pokies. Uh, no logical reason for it. It was just ego, pride and... and, and yeah really poor decision, really poor leadership. And Ross Lyon had to sort of deal with, cope with that and deal with that. But the, I can tell you from the playing group, they hated it and uh, and couldn't understand the rationale. Uh, so that's from that perspective. In relation to uh, what needs to happen, I mean, I suppose I, you've seen a little bit over the last month or two, that's just purely come about because Larry Benj, who's a ripping uh, Saints person, and I think, you know, can can provide some value on the board. He's not going to be the Holy Grail. He's not the the Philip uh, the uh, panacea for success or whatever. But um, he's a decent person, and I, I, I'd support him. Uh, along with that, I heard some things which concerned me uh, about the about you know the club probably not giving his his application <coughs> respect deserved. So I got on the front foot and I spoke to Andrew, and I've had you know three or four or five chats with Andrew and. Uh, and uh, through that, uh, I've got a very clear picture about where they're at and where they're heading, and I think it's wrong. Uh, and um, uh, but I've, in the, you know, in, in relation to the the timing of everything, we'll, we'll sort of wait and see how things pan out, and if they're if they've been able to um, uh, rejuvenate their thinking and or revitalise their thinking and rejuvenate their enthusiasm towards some of the things we were talking to them about. Well, that might become evident in the first half of the year. Alternatively, if it's more of the same, um, well, um, I'm sure Andrew, uh, being the honourable man he is, will say, well, okay, I've had a crack at it and it's not working. So there will need to be changes. Um, I don't want to be on the board. I don't want to be president. I told Andrew that. Uh, I'm only here to help as an advisor or what, in whatever capacity the club wishes. And if they don't, I'm happy with that as well. But I just don't logically understand how the same people that have got us into the situation we're in are going to be the same people to get us out of it, apart from Jason Blake. And uh, I, I just think there needs to be some uh, big changes there. You know, you've got people like Jerry Ryan, who's an incredibly successful business person. He's an, one of the owners of Melbourne Storm and heavily involved at Melbourne Storm. He cannot believe the gap between Melbourne Storm and St Kilda Footy Club from a management, uh, from a uh, environment and a culture perspective. 
Um, he's a really good person. I know he would be very keen next year, as will Larry Benj. Uh, I'm sure a Nick Revold, a, a Brendan Goddard. These are all sort of people that have spoken to us that are, that are, that are very keen to make sure St Kilda deliver on, on a premiership. And there's plenty of great people out there. Uh, you've, been in business, you've been in business a long time yourself. You know that if you keep doing the same thing, you're just going to get the same results. So what, what you're saying is given that the same people are going to be the incumbents going forward, the players are pretty much going to be the same players. You don't see a premiership uh, in the near future. And in fact, I think what you're saying is even for quite some time, if at all. I think what you're saying, but just tell me if this is what you're saying, that there needs to be a, uh, a clean sweep around the place to get different people in with a different mindset uh, to move the club forward. I think it would be good to keep Andrew there. I, I told him I'd like him to be a, a, you know, a longer, longer term president. He said he's only there for another two years anyway, which, you know, um, I don't know what we all think of that. And, uh, um, and he has the capacity to lead, but he's just leading under information he's been provided to by Finnis and Lethleen, who are desperately keen to keep their positions and desperately keen to improve their positions. So he's backed them because he's got to work with them, and that's fair enough. But that's a call you make as a leader, and it's either going to end in tears or it's going to be successful. So um, I, I would suggest we're either going to be successful in the short term or there's going to be dramatic changes next year, I would think. That's what I would think would happen. And that, I think, would happen from Andrew because I think he's the sort of person that's got honour and he would recognise that uh, he's put all of his eggs in this basket and it hasn't been working. So halfway through next year, it'll be pretty clear. I'll turn it just going to chime in on... Oh, sorry, just very quick on the Melbourne Storm point. Uh, you talk destination clubs. The Gold Coast Titans are a destination club because who doesn't want to be playing at 25 degrees and then dinner at Broadbeach afterwards? Destination, they wanted to be there because uh, it's a great place to live. To bring some culture to the joint, they brought in Mal Meninga. Uh, and you don't want to stuff around on Mal Meninga's watch. But the fact that players want to be in Melbourne where it's minus four degrees in winter as opposed to being on Broadbeach shows that you can have a club where players want to be at. And Craig Bellamy just doesn't stand for any nonsense. And he gets very average players into superstars. And that's what you need at St Kilda is, I don't know if Mal Meninga's available, but someone who's intimidating, but also who players want to die for. That's what Mal Meninga, they run through walls for the bloke. Yeah, no, you're 100% right again, Paul. And, uh... You know, if Bellamy was ever available, I'd love to have him at St Kilda. He's a superstar. Um, Thanks. Sorry. Sorry. Grant, We've got to wrap Grant, it up. Um, Grant, Grant, sorry. Oh, what? what? Yeah, I one one last one, Kuda. Sorry. Grant, did um, St Kilda rate themselves too highly after 2020? I think we've uh, had a history of rating ourselves too highly <laughs> all the time, uh, David. I mean, um, we... Uh, relentless at overrating ourselves. So we think we're really good. Um, and yet we've only got to look in the mirror and look at our history and understand that apart from a short period of time in the 60s, early 70s, for four or five years, when we probably should have won two or three and we won one, and probably, I don't know, 97, 98, I don't know if you can count that one, that, that was sort of a, a flash in the pan. And then... The Adelaide one, yeah. And then... And then uh, uh, under Ross, um, uh, and, and, you know, we could 
talk about there a couple of years with myself as well. Yeah. Uh, apart from those two or three periods, we've been pathetic. So, like that, they're the facts. I love the club. Um, I I just want to see it successful now. Um, to me, something dramatic has to happen, but we we definitely do overrate ourselves. And I I got a glaring example of that from the. Uh, from the president, who I think is um, quite delusional in relation to where he thinks things are at. Thanks, Grant. Um, listen, if it was okay with you, we'll see how this year pans out. But um, it, I think we all agreed there needs to be changes. We'd love to get you back again, perhaps at the end of the season. And let's just revisit this whole issue and see uh, if we see any changes actually happening at the club. Hope I'm wrong. Uh, so do I. Thanks, Grant. Thanks for your time, guys. All the best. Thanks, Thanks, Thanks. Thanks for listening. Our next podcast will feature Tim Costello, spokesperson for the Alliance for Gambling Reform. Mm-hmm.